invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, will contain the main context for our discussion tonight. But before we begin, I'd like to extend a special thank you to all of you for being here. And very nice to be back at home with some very familiar faces in the audience, obviously. On behalf of Maria and I, we'd like to thank the elders for this opportunity to come here and study God's Word with you in depth. Now, tonight we're going to be talking about how we run with endurance and how we are in this race, this race uh, toward the finish line, which is heaven. And we're going to be discussing that. So it's important for us to understand that when Christians are baptized, that they have made the decision, in a way, to follow after Christ for the remainder of their life. That's a commitment that we've made when we are baptized, when we take on the name of Christ. And for some, that means that they have to put aside the worldly ways which they were brought up in. They have to completely change their prior lifestyles. Many Christians become distracted while running their race, the race that we're talking about here. So tonight we're going to be discussing how we can keep pressing on and running the race with endurance, as we read in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, in verse 1. Hebrews 12, in verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God, at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse three says, "For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet restored or resisted to bloodshed." striving against sin. During our race, we just read that we need to not grow weary in our race and how we are running after this. Turn to Galatians 6, 9, and let's analyze closely this idea of how we're not to grow weary in our race. Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse 9, if you'll turn there. Galatians 6, and verse 9. It reads, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Paul tells us here that if we maintain our, to maintain our endurance, that's how we maintain our endurance, by not losing heart. Well, losing heart is the opposite of endurance. It's when you became, become weaker because you're not following after what we just read. Losing heart is the opposite of the endurance that we read of. We see the word weary. Well, weary means that you're tired, that you're worn out. You're not able to continue on. Some parents, because they're tired, because they're weary, they don't go the extra mile to parent their children, to take the proper actions to make sure that they grow in the admonition of the Lord. If we don't lose heart, it's the same phrase as if we don't quit, if we continue on. Well, how does anyone compete in any sort of race without endurance that we're talking about here? Well, a common word that we use today is stamina. We call it stamina. It's what it takes to keep on going, the keep on keeping on mindset that we need to have about us while we're in this race. Turn to Hebrews, the fifth chapter, verse 12. Turn to Hebrews, the fifth chapter, in the 12th verse, and let's look at this exercise that's involved here. Hebrews, the fifth chapter, in the 12th verse. Hebrews 5, verse 12 reads, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. 
and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Verse 14 says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Exercise is what's involved here, what it takes to grow our endurance. We can't grow in the milk of God forever. That's what we just read. We need to move on to the meat of the text to be able to grow. He mentioned here that we need to be able to discern good from evil. If you're not discerning good from evil, I hate to tell you, brother, but the devil has you otherwise. He has control over you if you are not taking the actions to discern good from evil. Not only are we running this race to please God, we're running to win. If someone says, oh, I can't win, there's just no way, I I can't win. Well, they're not going to win because they're entering the race with a mindset that they can't do it, that they're not even going to try. They're entering the race with this negative connotation in the mindset. Look at Romans, the fifth chapter, in verse 2. Romans, the fifth chapter, in the second verse. Let's analyze how we strengthen ourselves with this exercise. Romans 5, verse 2. Read. Through whom also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, the synonym for endurance, perseverance, character, and character, hope, a hope in heaven. That's what we're in this race for. That's what we're striving through everything we go through for. We are running this race with a hope of winning. Winning an eternal crown, a crown of life, everlasting life. We are charged to run this race individually. I can't run this race for you, and you can't run it for me. That's as simple as it gets. We must run our own race. Turn to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse 12. First Corinthians, the 10th chapter, in the 12th verse. little bit more about exercise and how the importance of it. 1 Corinthians, the 10th, tw- 10th chapter, verse 12 reads, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except which is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Some people think that they're able to just enter into this race without preparation, without exercise, without training. It's not the case. Any race you enter nowadays, if you don't have exercise, there's just no way for you to win. It's impossible. How can you run a race without training? It's, it's not possible. God provides a way, if you'll take it, a way to win the race. He wants us to win the race. We have to understand that God is on our side. He's cheering for us to win this race. God means for us to endure the trials and tribulations of this world. By doing that, he gives us a way out. What we just read in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. He provides the way of escape. You have to choose to take it. It's your choice to choose the right path, to follow God. We see so many people, well, 
get in this mindset. Well, I just couldn't help myself. I, I, I just wasn't strong enough. What do you mean you weren't strong enough? You had, didn't have the ability to do what you wanted to follow God because you didn't exercise in spiritual maturity. You didn't have the ability to discern good from evil. God provided a way to endure anything evil that the devil throws at us, but you didn't take it. The next idea I have for you is how we're running for the goal, how we have a goal in mind. Look at Matthew 14, verse 26. Matthew, the 14th chapter, verse 26. And as you're turning there, think about this, how we are running to receive this goal that Jesus set for us. And as we read this passage, think about what will happen if we take our eyes off the prize and how it will affect our momentum. Matthew 14, verse 26. Matthew 14, 26 begins, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why do you doubt? This is yet another example of how God intends for us to finish what we start. Peter was frightened by that which he couldn't see, that being the wind. He was distracted. He took his eyes off the goal. And what happened to him? Well, he began to sink. In the same way, that's how our faith works. That's how our race works that we're in, that we're talking about. Turn to 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, verse 24, and let's analyze that. 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, verse 24. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 reads, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Verse 25 says, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown, everlasting life. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight. Not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. We all run, as we just read in verse 24, what it said. We all run. and We know that we are all running to win, that we all need to be together in this, running for this to win. In Hebrews, the 12th chapter, we notice the term ensnare. Well, what are the things that ensnare us? What are the things that catch us and hold us back from this? Well, it's yourself. You're the most distracting thing of all because your priorities aren't correct. The things that distract us from the race and get us off track, if you will, are things of this life that us by ourselves allow to entangle us. Yes, those things are what the cause of it, but it's our actions letting them in to entangle us. Look at Luke, the 8th chapter and verse 14, and let's discuss these things of life that we allow to engross our lives. Luke, the 8th chapter, in verse 14. We know this is part of the parable of the sower, and rather part of Jesus' explanation of it. Luke 8, verse 14. 
Luke, the 8th chapter, the 14th verse reads, Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with, listen to this, cares, riches, and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Are any of these things in and of themselves bad? When you really think about it, no, they're not. But when you, if you let them distract you from your race, you'll be choked out of the race. Choked out of the knowledge to discern both good and evil as we talked about earlier. The distractions of this life, this is what keeps Christians from finishing the race. This is what holds them back. Another idea that we need to discuss is how we don't get to choose what days we run and which ways we don't run. Well, what if Jesus chose to, on the day of his crucifixion, just say, oh, I'm not going to run today. I'm not going to do this today. If he did, we would have no hope of salvation, would we not? Thankfully, he did, which is the reason that we are running this race to finish it. We live so as to be saved, to be an encouragement toward others and our own brethren that see us in this race. Well, how can you love your brother and not run this race fully to win? You're an example to him. We're an example to each other. They see how we are running in this race, this spiritual race. The competition, yes, it is with yourself, not with the others around you. But you can still be a stumbling block to them if they see you. It can cause them to stumble. We notice the verse, uh, the section in Hebrews 12, set aside weights. Well, what does that mean? It means that we shed the, thing, shed the weight of things that aren't important. And the sin in this life that holds us back and keeps us from, maintain, from achieving this salvation that we're discussing. Look at 1 John, the second chapter, verse 15. 1 John 2, verse 15. Let's look about why we need to put these various things aside. 1 John 2, verse 15, if you'll turn there. 1 John 2, verse 15 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. If we don't put these aside, if we don't follow the will of God, we will surely pass away with the world. Look at 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 again. That's a verse we just read, but it's important to note here what Paul wrote to the Christians in Corinth. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. We're going to read it again. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Verse 25, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Our goal is not to gain things of this world, but it's to make sure that we run in such a way so as we're not a stumbling block to others, is what we just discussed. If you're not running to win, you may as well not be running at all. 
It means you're just running along for no reason, lackadaisically, with no goal in mind. Nothing that you're looking forward to. All run to win is what we just read here. And if you're not running to win, why are you even running at all? Luke 14, 28, if you'll turn there. Luke, the 14th chapter, and the 28th verse. Luke 14, verse 28. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Well, why do you start a race and not finish it when you can't finish? If you start with there being no possibility, no possible way to win, you won't win because your motivation is wrong. If you're in that mindset that you're not able to win, that you're not wanting to win, you're not going to win. Your motivation's not in the right place. Look at Hebrews 12, 2-3, and let's discuss how Jesus carried the heaviest weight for us. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verses 2-3, through three, part of our main context. Hebrews 12, 2-3. Hebrew writer writes, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Turn to 1 Peter 2.21. Let's discuss how Jesus did, die, Jesus did die for us and how we're supposed to be living like him. 1 Peter 2.21 2, ties in with that nicely. 1 Peter in the second chapter, the 21st verse. It reads, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. We have been left an example of how to run this race by Jesus. He finished the race in the face of the greatest ad- adversity this world has ever known. He died on a cross for us. Look at Matthew 27, 29 through 30. Matthew 27, 29 through 30. Jesus did die on a cross for us. Matthew 27, 29 through 30 reads, When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. He bore physical torture for us, something a lot of people in this world that are Christians have to suffer. He died on a cross for us. Is not the least that we can do for him is to obey the commandments he left for us, to acknowledge how he ran this race for us and run in a similar fashion, to model ourselves after him as he commanded us to do. Look at 2 Timothy 3.12. 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verse 12. And while we're turning there, think about how you can become disqualified from this race. we don't follow 
his commandment. 2 Timothy 3.12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Jesus did right. He was perfect in every way, shape, and form. And he suffered for it. If we do right, we will suffer just as well. In the same manner and in the same fashion, we will suffer if we are living faithful to Jesus. That's where the endurance comes into play that we're talking about. Being able to endure anything and everything that this world will throw at you. Being able to withstand the fiery darts of the devil. That's part of the race. That's what's encompassed here, is having endurance. We know that it's not always going to be light and easy following the Lord throughout the course of this race, but that's something we need to understand and accept. Look at Luke, the ninth chapter in the 62nd verse. Luke, the ninth chapter in the 62nd verse. reads, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. As Jesus said, anyone that starts the race puts their hand to the plow that begins in something, but doesn't finish who looks back, who has second thoughts on this, is not worthy of the kingdom of God. Well, do we know of anyone else who looked back after being told not to? What about Lot's wife? He was turned to a pillar of salt for looking back, for disobeying God's commandment not to look back. Something for us to think about. Look at 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter and sixth, uh, sixth verse. This is at the end of Paul's life, and he writes here to Timothy. 2 Timothy, chapter 4 and verse 6. 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, verse 6, reads, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, the goal that we know, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. We see what that prize is for us. It's laid out clearly there. It is eternal life that eternal life crown that we know. Well, while we all need to strive and continue in this race, we need to have the mindset that we are in first place, that we are winning this race. We need to not be discouraged by what we see around us. Turn to Hebrews, the uh, 10th chapter in verse 36. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 36. Hebrews 10.36 reads, For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and will not tarry. Verse 38, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul who draw back, as we just read in Matthew or in Luke uh, 9, 62. Those who turn back from the kingdom of God are not fit. We know that we have a need of endurance. And without endurance, we're not able to continue in this race properly as we're told we need to. 
to the efficient level that we know that we need to in this race. We would fall aside at the first thing we came in contact with if we don't have endurance, if we're not able to endure what the devil throws at us. Well, why do we need endurance? Well, 2 Timothy 3.12, as we just read, says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. We just read that verse. Without endurance, we have no way to keep pace and maintain on the same uh, speed that we were at through the trials that we face in this life. Through all the problems that the devil can throw at us, we will be slowed down and even fall away in our race. This endurance that we're discussing tonight really comes down to commitment, doesn't it? Commitment to God's word. That we endure because we have a hope. But the world doesn't have the same hope that we do, do they? They don't. The reason we continue pressing on no matter what comes at us is for our hope in Jesus that we have. A hope in salvation. We see that Christians are commanded to run with endurance. Well, have we been doing that? Have we been setting aside the things of this world that can distract us? And if not, why not? While we are running this race for ourselves, we know that we're not alone. We're an influence to all those that run with us. And whether we like it or not, that's a fact. We have no power of that except our own selves. But if we're discouraged, then we can get in this mindset, oh, I just can't make it, I can't make it. Well, you're not going to make it if you have that mindset. It's obvious to all, the importance this race has to you if you're not putting God first. What does that show your children about the importance of this race if you're missing Wednesday night services to go to soccer practice or band practice or the list of excuses that people throw that justify them missing services? If you're not a Christian, you have not even started in this race. The registration for this race is open this evening. If you believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that he died for your sins on the cross at Calvary and he rose again on the third day and is seated at the right hand of God. We would love nothing more than to baptize you for the remission of your sins if you'll come forward. If you have been baptized but are in need of prayers of the brethren because you haven't been diligent in the race as you know you ought to and have become distracted by cares of this world, we would love to assist you in that matter as well. Let your need be made known at this time while we stand and sing. Thank <laughs> you.